What's up? What's up, Nick? Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you're the CEO of your own life. Our little coaching series on the show this month wraps up today with a really cool board game business. And actually, I guess there's no board, but it's called Side Hustle, the party game for entrepreneurs. I've heard it described as uh, apples to apples meets Shark Tank. And it's actually a lot of fun. You can learn more at playsidehustle.com. This thing was funded on Kickstarter and is now making consistent sales on Amazon. Today, you meet the co-founders, Darby Rollins and Tomer Saran, who are looking for some ways to sell more units and make the side hustle game a household name. What's going on, guys? Hey, Nick. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, this is Tomer here, so you know my voice. Hey, Darby here. Thank you so much, Nick, for having us. You bet. And in the other corner, uh, to help talk through some ideas and opportunities and optimizations for the Play Side Hustle team is uh, back for his second Side Hustle show appearance. It's Amazon e-commerce branding expert, branding pro from brandcreators.com. It's Mr. Scott Volker. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. This is going to be fun. I am excited about this. So let's uh, get this baby rocking. Absolutely. Me too. These guys have a great product, a great brand. It's fun to play. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we uh, optimize what they've already got and pour some fuel on this fire? But Darby, maybe you can kick us off with the current baseline of where you've come so far, what the business looks like today. Absolutely, Nick. So um, we funded this project back in 2019 on Kickstarter. The funding um, wrapped up right as December rolled around and then the pandemic hit. So over the course of last year, we spent a lot of time finalizing the product um, that we'd eventually fulfill on in December of 2020. And so for the, now the course of 2021, we are live on Amazon and we are running a weekly game show called Side Hustle Live, where we bring on other entrepreneurs and business owners and play a game of Side Hustle along with interviewing them on their business, having them share what they're up to. So primarily, so now that the business is live and running, primary marketing channels are, is this content channel, the Side Hustle Live game show, which I was gracious enough to receive an invite for and had a ton of fun uh, playing along with you guys. So that's one element. And then kind of this internal Amazon marketing element of, okay, how do we get eyeballs, um, you know, based on this Amazon presence there? What would be a win for you guys? What do you hope to get out of this call? Uh, the main thing that we're trying to do is get as many people playing the game and exposed to it as possible. And we are looking at this as it is a brand that all three of us, uh, we also have a, another co-founder, uh, Tim Palomino, that we are all invested in time and energy-wise. But we are looking to see how can we organically get people to share this product more and show off their gameplay a little bit more. Tomer, what does the sales volume look like today on a, on a on a monthly basis? So we launched it onto Amazon, I would say about a month and a half ago. We're at about a sale a day. Uh, so things need to go a little bit, definitely much faster. We pushed hard to get our initial 10 to 15 reviews. And now we're starting to put advertising into it, especially because we now have some improved marketing. We added all our uh, A plus content. We added the video to the listing and now we're utilizing the video ads. And that's definitely picking things up a little bit more. But the biggest problem is you're competing when it's a party game, people are going on, they're just looking for what has the most reviews usually, and they'll quickly hop onto it unless they have 
prior knowledge of the game. Yeah, if they've never heard of you, it's an unknown quantity. It's a little, there's a more uphill battle to make that conversion. But selling a one unit a day at a twenty nine ninety five price point, so what's that, a thousand bucks a month in sales, give or take? There you go. Okay. Scott, first impressions of the side hustle party game. Yeah, I'm actually, I pulled up the listing as we were kind of uh, talking here, or you guys were explaining. I love the branding, love the look of it and everything. I think it's a great concept. I do want to hear more about, I guess, where the business vision is. Like, where does this brand go? Is there extensions and is there, you know, like different extension packs? And like, how can we make this number one? If it's going to be sold on Amazon and you're looking for people to just buy the game off of Amazon, it's like you said, they're they're looking at like a fun party game. I do think this is more of a play of like they see it being playing and then they want to they're playing and then they want to go buy it. Um, so there's some things we can do probably on Amazon to bring the awareness up, but I do think your bigger play is going to be watching other people play it and it I don't want to say virally because it doesn't have to go viral, it just has to be shown being played in a lot of different, you know, scenarios and just people having fun with it and talking about it. And then they're going to go to Amazon to buy it. But I do want to hear just more about like where the vision is and kind of like where all the sales, were they all through Kickstarter in the beginning? You know, right now, are you selling anything on your website, you know, instead of pushing them to Amazon? I guess I just want to hear more, but I think first impression, love the concept, love the idea. I just want to hear how we turn this into a brand that's doing, you know, 25, 30 units a day. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to the sales channel and how we're directing sales, anything on our website, we are at the moment directing to Amazon, mainly in order to leverage and uh, to try and gain as much you know, basic reviews, traction there. Because a review on our site is lovely, but a review on Amazon, we can repurpose onto our site. Uh, you know, We can screenshot that however we want to and utilize it there. But Regardless of whether or not somebody goes to your site, they will probably go and visit Amazon and see how it looks there as well. The big brand vision, we want to get as many people playing this. And what we've noticed is that people do speak about it. Once they have it in hand, it's it, the virality of it is that it's naturally a game you have to play with other people. So when you play it, people see it and they immediately want to play it themselves and have their own copy. Right now, we're revising it to become more portable. So it should be about half the size in, with I would say, about uh, two months. So that's going to improve our margins and also allow us to sell it at a lower price. So that should make it more affordable for the masses. And then we have a few other variations that we're aiming at uh, for future iterations, like a movie pitch type of uh, game and a few other genres that lend itself to the creativity in a box with parameters type of game. Yeah. I, I like the idea of having like expansion packs and all that stuff, but that's for like acquiring the customer and then being able to sell them more things. Cause I'm always thinking like, okay, we got a customer, we get a customer. What do we do after we get the customer? How do we make more money within the brand? But it sounds like right now you just want to get it in as many people's hands as possible. And then we can figure out the back end kind of play later, which I'm, I'm a fan of. You guys had talked a little bit about like doing these, like, private games or public games, but private with like other entrepreneurs that might be well-known or that might have a larger audience. How is that going for you? I would say that's going uh, fairly well. It was kind of right in the heat of the pandemic and we decided, okay, people are maybe not buying party games because they're not socializing. 
like in person. So we wanted to show this can be played virtually. And so we did. We created a video podcast where we play the game with a different entrepreneur every episode. And by doing so, we're hoping to essentially like leapfrog into different audiences and to see if maybe we can, you know, play the game on other people's podcasts. Because I think that there is definitely leverage in jumping into people's podcasts audiences. I actually agree with you. I love the idea. And that was going to be one of the things that I was going to suggest is that you it kind of like, what's the, um, what's it? Hot wings, the, the, the show hot that's ones. pretty popular. Yeah. Or hot ones. That's it. That one's awesome, right? It's the same idea where you would maybe ask a question, uh, to the entrepreneur and you're doing an interview, but then you would actually play the game like around or something. I'm a huge fan of that show. And it's one that I think we're, we're looking to kind of model that same yeah. you know, format with it. So interesting you brought that up. The play there then really is, is to how do you get those episodes? How do you get them seen by their audience? So one way, a, a simple way to do it, let's say that you had Pat Flynn on and you were going to do one with Pat Flynn. And on his episode, you might pick out like one really funny clip or something like that. And then you just take a Facebook ad and you market it to his audience. You know what I mean? Like you push that episode and you just do a video view ad and then you just push it to his audience. Or you, if you did mine, um, you wouldn't probably be able to, to do mine specifically, but you'd probably be able to do probably maybe the amazing seller or something from the past that had a bigger reach just because now that's, you know, not the same as it was or like Gary V, right? You do Gary V or, you know, you do someone else. But if you, you've had them on, obviously you'd have to have that person on and then you would just retarget their audience and put the video views in front of theirs to get them to watch their episode. And then that would get people knowing more about the game without you really saying, go buy the game. Does that make sense? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think this is kind of cool, a cool way to really leverage that guest appearance. Scott, do you have any tips or suggestions like to get a Gary Vee or a Pat Flynn to say yes to coming on and doing this type of game in the first place, though? I think it does come down to asking, right? And whether it's asking them directly or finding someone else that's closer to that person a little bit and, and having a conversation um, about inviting someone, or as you do these smaller ones, kind of continually ask at the end. So let's say you do one with someone that doesn't have a large, large audience right now, but they have a relationship with someone that you might be able to get to. And at the end of that, you're like, Hey, is there anyone else that you think would have a good time with this game and that would enjoy it? And you know that they're linked up with so-and-so. And then, you know, you can even throw it out there and go, you know, I know you're, you're friends with Pat Flynn. Is there any way you can give me an intro to Pat Flynn? I'd be, that'd really be awesome. You know, something like that. Or can you give me his address so I can send him a game? Something like that, I think, goes a long way. There's no agency that you're going to hire that's going to basically, I know, I know myself, I know you too, probably Nick, you get hammered with like agencies and I usually don't respond uh, to any of those. I always, it's more of a, you know, I talk to our friend, you know, kind of carbon copies us together and does an intro. It's kind of how that's done. Yeah, I like that. I like that angle a lot. Um, yeah. Scott, anything stand out to you on the Amazon listing, like any low hanging fruit they could do to, to optimize this thing to get more search traffic or more uh, conversions on the traffic that does hit that page? So I am looking at the listing. I think it looks great. The image looks great. The box image, you know, you have some people playing on the, on the image showing what it looks like, you know, having fun, you have a video. So that's all good. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's a conversion on the listing to, to kind of squeeze out anymore. I think it looks pretty good, even as is. I think it comes down to, like I said, getting the traffic to the page 
is where I would probably focus more of that energy, not just like small tweaks here that like, oh, I've got a hundred people to hit the page and I'm converting at 10%. How can I get it to 12%? You know what I mean? Like the numbers on the front end aren't big enough to really make a difference from that light tweak. I don't see anything obvious. The other thing I wanted to bring up though, because you know, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, I got a physical product. We know physical products hard. Okay. Cash flow, your inventory, your profit is in your inventory for the most part um, in any business. Like you're cash flowing, but yet you're buying inventory to stay up with it. Then you're predicting what's it going to be for fourth quarter, like all of that stuff. Is there a digital play here somewhere? Is there a digital play that you can either get traffic to a site because you're getting all of these, you know, you're getting the Pat Flynn's, the Gary V's, all of these different people that people are going over to your site to watch it, not just on YouTube. And can you then monetize that traffic differently, whether it's with a digital product you come up with or a digital way, or is it ads being run on the site or is it, you know, YouTube ad money? Like where could there be another line of, or a stream of revenue coming in that's digital that is not just a physical board game? So one thing that we've heard from, from some of the, the Kickstarter customers or backers and the people that have, have purchased the product is um, that they, there is a lot of interest in a digital version of the game. We've seen some suggestion to, if it's an app, then maybe there's ads inside of the app that um, you monetize it with. It's just a, a way to get the game into people's hands so that you can log in and play it on that digital space. I also think that if YouTube ends up being a channel we can build off of, then there's like the advertising uh, monetization there as well. Yeah. And you could do well with that. I mean, gosh, if you like, again, if you're getting some videos that are getting watched because they want to watch their person, right? It's like, you know, whenever I'm watching that show hot ones, like I'm always interested in the guest and I want to see how they handle the wings, but I also want to hear those questions that he asks, you know? So it's like, if you find that you're going to get search traffic, number one, you're going to, on the SEO side of things, you're going to get search traffic for Pat Flynn, Gary V, you know, whoever, right? You're going to get search for that. And then when they come up, they're like, oh, that's cool. I want to watch that. That seems fun. And I do think that even celebrities would get behind, not necessarily like Hot Ones is different, but like other high level entrepreneurs would probably find this interesting and fun. And that would, again, you know, blow up your sales. You get like one or two influencers to kind of do this and then it gets out to their audience. You'll have a rush. doesn't mean it'll be consistent, but the more that you do that, but I'm always looking at too, okay, now we acquired the customer. Where do we make up a business that's constantly feeding, not just selling a one-off product? Yeah. And on the back end is the biggest question, right? Because, you know, most businesses out there, all their entire focus is ever just on the front end. Um, and that's kind of where it stops with Amazon. Then the biggest question I think on our front is, do we even need to leverage another physical product to you know, increase our margins on that? Are there affiliate partnerships that we can develop where it's somebody else's product and we're bringing them to our audience because we know it'd be relevant? Just a, a thought that I know that we're all pondering as you know, we turn some of the attention back to the website once Amazon is you know, off and running and the machine just keeps growing. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. 
It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think an interesting place that that might inspire some uh, some light brainstorming from the group is that, you know, we we're focused. It's a party game for entrepreneurs, but our focus is primarily on productive play, right? Meaning, this is a game that, even though it's silly and fun and a party game, and is also focused at air quotes entrepreneurs, it's a game that almost anybody can play, and is often very, uh, frankly, surprised by their creativity when it pops up. As opposed to, you know, we've had a lot of entrepreneurs, et cetera, push us to go, whoa, you guys could do like a lot of, you know, entrepreneurial training, et cetera. And we've sort of shied away from that because our goal is not to guru this, but to create a place and a community for play rather than building like a training seminar, et cetera. Uh, we see that possibly as a, a future extension, but it's something that I would, I personally would like to, pref- uh, would prefer to focus on the the masses and what kind of productive play we can provide to them. And so, if there's a digital product in that realm, I think it might be a great place for us to brainstorm vibes in in this conversation. Have you had any luck getting your guests to? I don't know if this is even allowed, but to take the YouTube video or take the video version of your recording and throw it up on their channel, like if they've got a decent YouTube following? One of the processes that we're, we're going through right now is trimming up and doing the editing, the post-production of an episode so that what our guests can post is you know something that would be relevant to their channel. Um, up to this point, we've just had like the kind of full um, hour-long episodes that 
that we have have been sharing out and, you know, not seeing a ton of traction there, there yet. Um, and so one thing that we're looking at is how do we cut this content up? How do we repurpose it and really maximize on the time that we're putting in for that one hour, but really more than that, that, you know, there's a lot more that goes into building one of these episodes out um, and streamlining that process so that we can up the content machine as it's needed. It's part of the reason why we've been taking it week by week um, with this episode, because this is a new experience for all of us um, venturing in. So it's been a fun learning experience getting to this point. We know there's a lot more opportunity on that front. Yeah, I like the angle. As, and as we were playing, I was like, man, I could see this being big for kid entrepreneur communities just to, as like a fun little team building thing or just, you know, because it gets that creative juices flowing. You know, kids will, you know, practice, you know, coming up with something on the spot, speaking, uh, you know, creating a pitch. It's, I could see it being relevant to those types of communities and parents of those types of communities that, you know, want their kids to be involved and start exercising that segment of their brains. But I don't know where to begin, you know, whether that's Instagram, whether that's YouTube, whether that's local, you know, parenting groups or entrepreneur groups to try and get this in their hands. That portion, the educational portion of it has been more my focus within the group in terms of I've been in contact with a lot of different professors and a lot of educators in order to try and generate lesson plans and materials around the game that the game can be used for in class. So that's one one place that I've been uh, focused on there. And the other was in getting academic certification for the game, like STEM and STEAM accreditation that we can put on the oh, box okay. so that it can be sold in the STEM aisle of Target or you know, can be advertised as such that says, hey, this is teacher tested, parent approved, kid loved, that kind of vibe in order to, to say, hey, this actually has academic merit. So that's some one place that we're going, but we're trying to develop the content a little bit first uh, so that teachers do have a lesson plan that they can you know, throw in and play with a little bit. What's been the initial reaction to those conversations? Generally, always, always very favorable. Once people hear it, uh, it kind of clicks right away. They go, yeah, my, uh, half my kids are watching Shark Tank and just coming in and using weird vocab that words that they did not expect. Things like, what's your valuation? And you're like, what, what, you're, you're 11. What are you talking about? So that's kind of popping up a lot. I do like it for, uh, for, for kids, for sure. You know, I think having the educational piece is always a nice thing. And I do think that, you know, as, you know, we keep hearing more entrepreneurs and having the, the Gary V's out there and, you know, the, the Pat Flynn's and, and everyone that's, that's you know, really preaching entrepreneurship, I think it's going to become even more. And I think, you know, even more so in schools. So I do like it for that piece. In my mind, does it, is that the piece that blows this thing up? Probably not in my eyes, um, but it'd be a nice extension. Some of the feedback I've seen on that that front has been more like the collegiate side where I've had a few of my past college professors reach out um, with interest of playing it inside of the game um, purely, you know, without you know me engaging in that conversation with them. And we did a survey of our Kickstarter backers and we had a, a, s- a small percentage, but, but still um, noticeable for the amount of teachers that were buying it with the intent to use it in the classroom. Nick, you mentioned like aiming at uh, parental groups, maybe on Facebook or something like that. That sounds like an interesting venue. You guys dealt with, you know, 
sort of organically reaching out to different groups a little bit more as a way to market things. And our general apprehension to doing that is sometimes, you know, we don't want to seem disingenuous uh, going on there, just being like, hey, look over here, whatever. We want to be able to provide uh, value and not just suddenly pop up as outsiders, for example. Right. And maybe you could lead with, instead of by my game, maybe it's like inviting the leader of that forum or the leader of that group to be to be your guest, like to test it out. Uh, would you would you be open to playing around? And then you know maybe if they had a good time, if they enjoyed it, you get the edited video and you can get them to put that into the group as kind of a implicit endorsement. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, and that's kind of was going to be my my suggestion, similar to what Nick had said. Is just you have to reach out to the you know the admin or the the organizer and ask them to play the game, or if they'd be willing to even do a Facebook Live. And kind of play a game. I think that would be kind of cool. Facebook lives, you know, are always fun and it's live. And then, so there's no, there's no like polished, but then at the end you can polish it and take you know your best pieces or even clips and stuff. Um, I think that's easy. I think that would be an easy one. It's going to require work. You're going to get more no's than yeses, but that's part of the game organically. You know, I, I love that idea. Maybe with Nick, once we get some of this content chopped up, maybe an opportunity to do a live inside of the side hustle nation group. Right. I mean, that would be a perfect type of audience for it to say, here's here's how it works. They can see how the game is played and it could be it could be a thing. <laughs> Very much so. The interesting thing is that we tech, we call our show Side Hustle Live because we were playing the game live on, on Facebook Live. So it does go out initially that way, and then we edit and put it back in. Yeah, that's uh I think that's great. No, Tomer, you mentioned the you know, getting these STEM and STEAM certifications to, you know, ultimately be eligible to appear in that aisle in Target or something. Has there been an attempt to get, you know, retail distribution, retail partnerships at that level? So we have done a lot of the homework uh, for that uh, portion. To us, we want to validate the game even further than just, okay, it's sold on Kickstarter, et cetera. We want this game to blast off. And a lot of retailers will say, okay, well, what are your general sales? Are people interested in this, right? So being able to show a strong track record, uh, I think is going to be very important for a larger buyer like a Target, etc. We have approached um, game distributors, and that's something that's important there. For us, a lot of it is getting the price point down, and that has to do with volume. Right. In order for us to sell to a distributor who then sells to a retail customer, there needs to be enough margin built in that. And that, hence, the, our recent big focus on revising the game to become much more compact, more backpackable, um, more purse ready, et cetera. Where do you guys see, like, where do you see the business side of it? Like, we're talking like the game and all this stuff, like the business, like in, three to five years, is this something you want to build and have a brand? And then you're going to have the, you know, the, the revenue coming in and you guys are going to, you know, basically, you know, be pulling your profits from there, or is this something you're looking to build and then exit, then exit in the future? I'm just curious. I personally see this as an ecosystem of games and the show to be a leverage point for uh, our other businesses. Cause Given the name of this product, it's called Side Hustle, partially for a reason, because all three of us have our own businesses uh, that we do. And so it's something that it 
provides fun. And in my eyes, if that offer came around at the right place, I could see that being the case. But at the moment, I like the idea of continuing to increase our different games that we add to the ecosystem and building up that network of fans and that network of guests that we have on the shows in a way to leverage our other businesses. Both Darby and I kind of started more on in the Amazon uh, side of things when we did our entrepreneurial journey. And uh, both of us are working on some additional brands that we're launching soon. And so there's definitely something there where there's an organic place that we are networking with entrepreneurs in a business that makes us happy. And so I see that as an important part of my life because it it's a party game. And that's something that makes me happy that I get to play and it's part of my work. Yeah, you, you always kind of want to kind of dig into that area because sometimes people start a business, but they don't really think about, is there an exit play? You know, even if there isn't one right now, doesn't mean that there wouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I mean, for you to even say that this could be feeding your other businesses with the right audience and you get to have fun and people get to have fun in the process, bringing awareness, get to connect with cool guests. Even if you weren't ever going to do anything more um, with the business and just use it for that, I think it's, I think that's a really cool thing. And I think it could definitely work for networking, like you said, um, but also building the target audience of people that are interested in, you know, online business, basically. So I'll, I'll just kind of go back real quick and just give you my thoughts on this and then we can move on. But like, I think the big play here is getting as many people to play the game guest wise and getting that content shared. And I mean, shared with their audiences or you amplify it in your own way, whether it's on your own platforms or you create assets so they can, and then you do follow up with those guests and say, here's your assets, right? You, you create those little clips for them. If you don't create that for me, I'm probably not going to create it for myself and I'm not going to share it. But if you give me a package that's already kind of pre-done and saying, hey, thanks so much for being on, here it is. And then you put that out there. Now, yes, it's going to require work either on your part or you're going to have to hire someone to do it. But I really, really think, and even going back to the Facebook push play, and I know that you know we're talking organic, sometimes that little bit of a push can push organic. It's just like Amazon, right? If we feed that you know algorithm with sales, we'll also increase our organic reach. It's one of those things that in a startup, we like to always try to bootstrap, and I, I'm a bootstrapper myself, but I also see that even if you just, like, let's just talk really small numbers, $10 you know, a day for maybe, I don't know, 10 days and push that guest because you know they have such reach, that could technically turn into a lot more from doing that. You know, So I just see this as that's, a, that's the thing that I would be focusing on personally to get this thing more reach. Scott, I know you are both a big fan of Amazon as a sales platform, but also of owning the customer and the customer list. Obviously, it's one of those double-edged swords that you're like, okay, well, how can I bring them back from Amazon to us? And one of the ways that we're trying to do it is through value. You know, it's like, hey, would do you think this is fun? Would you like to play with your team? Uh, we have a bunch of like team workshop exercises on our site. Boom. But, you know, how do you feel about it at this point where we are, where we're at like, let's say 12 reviews or something where we're directing sales there versus taking sales on our site and maybe some ideas about how to recapture that that audience after sales, if that's something you guys would like to speak to. Okay. On the Amazon side, like you, like you said, like 12 reviews, it's okay. But 
if someone is on Amazon and they're searching, they don't know you. So they're going off of reviews. But if people are coming from, you know, someone that just watched an episode or someone that, um, that found you through someone else and they're already bought into the game, they're going to go there regardless of the reviews because they saw it for themselves. So the review on Amazon is really for the cold prospect in my eyes. It's for the person that doesn't know you and they're going there like, okay, I got four things to choose from. I'm picking the best one that has the most reviews and the best reviews. And I really don't think there's a strong play for people searching for a party game and then figuring out that your party game is better than all the other party games. And then they're going to go down to a review. It's going to be just easier and better if you push it from someone else's audience. Um, So I'm not sure that I would really, really focus on that. So to answer your question, is it okay to, I think with what you're saying is, is it, does it make sense to push all my sales to Amazon to get the review count up? Or is it better just to take the sales off my site and own the customer at this stage of the game? And you can kind of do both really, but at this stage of the game, I think right now owning the customer is more for me because now I get to follow up with them. I get to push them to other, maybe, uh, you know, things that I'm going to be releasing, or maybe, um, Hey, we added this extension pack. You can download it for free. Um, so it's kind of like staying in front of those people with Amazon. We're number one, hoping that people find you. They're searching because they're there searching for something and you're not going to own them at all uh, unless you do something that's in the insert that says, Hey, you know, whatever, you know, you know, that whole, you know, drug, get, get bonus stuff and go here. A lot of people aren't going to go there. Um, the other way you could do with those on your website is just offer like a 10% off or discount or some special bonus and have an opt-in come up and then just get their email address. And then, then it sends them over to Amazon. And now we can, you know, we can follow up with them on email, but we can also cook or um, pixel them, you know, on your page, have a, have a Facebook pixel installed on that page. And now, you know, we can always retarget those people. So it's better than nothing. So that would be my, my thoughts on that. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, and then you got at least more margin to play with versus, you know, having Amazon take a third of whatever it is and in, in fees and shipping and all that stuff. You could always send your, you know, people bought through your site, you could send them over. Hey, you know, we'd love to have you leave a review over here. It's not going to show up as verified, but at least starts to bump up that review count. Yeah, that's true as well. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you for going into that much detail, Scott, on, on that front. And I personally am a big fan of tapping into other people's audiences as much as possible. Um, so it's really, um, validating to hear that come from someone with your level of you know experience in this game um, and that you kind of seeing that as well i think it's been kind of on the fringe there's a lot of ways that we can go with this um so just talking it out out loud with some new people is it's helpful for me anyways and i'm i'm sure getting a lot out of this yeah If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. 
So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. I have a, a question that might be pertinent to the group, which is, Nick, both you and Scott are show hosts. We have a show that we're working on, and part of what we've got going on is we're improving the format constantly. And wanted to see is, do you guys have any tips for how you have, how you've modified your shows in order to be more effective, to be more engaging, et cetera, that we might be able to, and you may, may or not be able to do that without seeing the show, obviously. Scott, for example, I mean, Nick, you've been on it, but you know, maybe the process by which you do fold that samurai sword, you know, and improve it. We're kind of seeing, okay, you know, it flew, it flowed better this way or that. But basically, in ways to improve our our show, I think, might be a fun place to to go. Yeah, uh, I'll speak to that at first here. And, and you're right; I think it's a different kind of show, right? Like yours is like a fun; it's a game show kind of thing. You know, whenever you can have the intimate conversation or the thing that not everyone else is talking about, like right, if you if you have a guest on, and every single time you just talk about their story when they were growing up and you know, it's like, everybody's kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like some random stuff, right? Like stuff that not anyone else is asking. And it doesn't have to be like personal, personal stuff. It could just be like different stuff that you just want to, you want to learn about, you know, you want to know about or a funny story. Um, so I think anytime that you can incorporate something like that, even if it is a standardized question, but it's a, just a unique question that only you guys ask, I think that makes people want to come back because it's not the same as everyone else. It's not your same interview show. It's, you know, it's not that, I mean, that's just like this, this coaching call type show. I believe these do better in my opinion, because people are actually getting like advice that they're applying to their own situation in some cases. Now, in your case, your show could be more produced and tightened up. I think tightening it up would be one of my recommendations as best as possible because people are busy, right? But I think it would be uh, worth your time to just really focus on how can you keep the flow going, but yet also really keep people on their seat, like not knowing what the guest is going to answer in between the standardized questions of the game. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's just like, yeah, how do you make it? tight but also allow for conversation yeah. and and yeah. uh, randomness to to come in but that's that's the challenge is like well you know somebody get to sit out and watch uh, you know an hour-long thing and I, people will tune into like you know jeopardy and these other game shows because like you know they're they're kind of playing themselves like oh how would i answer that or I, I know that one right and they feel smart and so it's kind of the same thing like oh i would have pitched it a different way you know they're kind of playing along themselves in their in their head which i think is interesting. And they, they're going to see how their favorite, you know, entrepreneur, influencer person uh, answered these questions or how they performed and stuff like, oh man, they're not, they're not very good on the spot or, or like, oh, they went that direction. I was going to go over here. I think all of that stuff is interesting. Maybe there's a way to involve the audience too. And that gets even more complicated with like, you know, call in segments or, or something, but like, you know, how would, how would you have pitched this or who would you have given the, the funny and fundable cards to at, at this point? I don't know. Um, one other idea that I did have that I wanted to share with you guys, uh, just for the sake of a, a little bit of SEO, but probably Amazon sales as well, was 
you know, Googling around for lists, like best gifts for entrepreneurs, best games for entrepreneurs, best, you know, party games for kids to learn public speaking. I don't know, like any sort of variation on that and sending that blogger or that article author a note like, Hey, you know, we just made up this thing. It was 150% funded on Kickstarter. It's got five-star reviews. We'd love if you'd consider adding it to your list. And, you know, here's the direct link for that. And whether or not that ultimately generates a ton of sales, eh, maybe, maybe not, but it starts to get the name out there a little bit. It starts to build up, hopefully, a, a critical mass of backlinks and people talking about you. Nick, I love that you mentioned that. Last week, I, f- I my VA finished a list of 100 different top 10 lists in different categories of, of that nature. And okay, uh, so it's exactly that that thing. And right now, we're focused on the redesign. And then once that's out and the order's up, you know, we have that limbo time of waiting for it to land. And we're going to be focused a lot on that outreach. I'd be curious, actually, that kind of leads into a sort of PR conversation where have either of you hired any PR freelancers or agencies in the past to do things like that, to get your name to writers, et cetera, for those of us who are a little stretched in terms of running the CRM sales aspect of reaching out to a hundred different authors, for example. Yeah, I have. And the results were okay, but it was almost like, I don't know. It's hard to describe because it's like, well, you're paying this agency a fee and then they got you five press mentions, but it's like, could you have gotten those on your own? Because oftentimes they're coming to you for a quote anyways. And so it's like, well, if you had seen it, could you have pitched it on your own? And maybe you wouldn't have seen it. But it's like, if you're monitoring the help a reporter stuff anyways, that's kind of like the reactive mode. And then the proactive mode, it's going to sound better coming from you anyway. It's going to sound more authentic. So you can custom craft that versus, you know, relying on some agency. Because like Scott mentioned, you know, we were getting uh, pitched from PR agencies all day long and it just goes straight into the trash bin. It's like, this is not personalized at all. You don't know me. You don't know my audience. It just is not a fit. Absolutely. I would never want anybody to get a request or incoming transmission that is not built for them specifically. So I think that's just the same way that you wouldn't want to for a customer. Same thing for an influencer. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities here. I know we're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Scott, any other recommendations come to mind for how to kind of improve the visibility and and eyeballs landing on these sales pages today? There was one thing that I would focus on. It would be the outreach to guests and then more so than just getting the guest on, but it's getting them to share and creating assets so they, they can share and then potentially putting some even if it's a small budget of Facebook ads for a short period of time to drive the awareness of that, that would be my primary focus right this second. It wouldn't really be so much about, okay, how do I optimize my, my Amazon page to you know convert 2% higher? Uh, it'd be more on the front end visibility. That's what I would do. Yeah, and you never know what happens from starting that conversation because, I mean, Darby, you invited me on on this game show. I was like, sure, I you know I love playing games. I'm game for this. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really fun. And so let's figure out a way to get you in front of the Side Hustle Show audience. And, and so here we are. So you never know where those conversations lead. Absolutely. And to say, again, it's a pleasure here. And it was a pleasure having you on. It was a very funny episode. I really, I really enjoyed it. And if 
people haven't caught that yet, uh, they can check it out at playsidehustle.com. We have links for it all there and also on the podcast. It's pretty easy to find. You brought up a good thing. There was a couple funny moments there. Like those funny moments would be great clips, right? Like those are the highlight clips that get people to want to go watch. And so going back to the podcast or the video podcast, you know, the one thing to make that a little bit tighter too, and and to keep people wanting to watch would be that little teaser on the front of something that was a highlight from the show. So if you weren't doing that, I would start doing that too. Something to just lead people in that that's what they're going to receive and they're going to want to watch through. It's the whole like lead with the hook and then kind of deliver it later. That just kind of came to mind when you said that there was some funny, funny moments there. Scott, to, you said to open the show with like a, a teaser clip. Uh, yeah. Is that what you just said? Yeah. yeah. I yeah, like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, something with just like a little teaser clip and then, I mean, it could be like 30 seconds and then boom, it whips right into the, the your normal intro. Darby Tomer, anything stand out to you as far as next action steps? So we talked about the influencer outreach. We talked about, I mean, you guys already are cooking up version 2.0 for lower production costs, lower shipping costs. Anything else stand out to you for, for high priority actions to go from here? I mean, on my front, I really just seems like it boils down to, you know, connecting with other influencers that would enjoy the game and their audience would enjoy the game, opening up the conversation building that relationship, inviting them on the show. And then most importantly is getting a system in place that's giving them assets that they can easily share with their audience that um, highlight them coming on the show and putting even just a minimal budget behind that to push those assets out and just get more eyeballs um, on the show at the end of the day. Yeah. Stick around for the bonus round. We'll uh, give you a demo for how the game works uh, right after this. Uh, Darby Tomer, thanks for letting us dissect your business. Again, playsidehustle.com. Uh, check it out over there. Grab a copy. Maybe you can buy a copy on that website. If not, go over to Amazon, grab a copy, leave them a review. Scott, thanks for stopping by, lending your expertise. You can check him out at brandcreators.com and tune into the Rock Your Brand podcast for more great stuff on uh, building a business that serves you and serves others as well. And thanks to ODYS for sponsoring this week. Again, you can check it out, ODYS.global, and mention Side Hustle Nation to get a free 100 bucks added to your account. Stick around after the outro music to listen to us play a round of the Side Hustle game. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Side Hustle is a game where uh, you are provided with basic parameters for coming up with a business. We will pull a card that has a random business name on it, and then we roll an industry die that tells you what category that business is supposed to be in. So it's things like tech and apps, toys and games, etc. So for this round, we'll roll the die, we'll pick a category, and we will pull a card. And... Basically, usually you take a minute to brainstorm and then a minute to pitch. And then the investor gets to then hand out two cards, a funny card and a fundable card. That way they you can get rewarded for either having a funny pitch or one that has like some logic. And you're like, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea. I would invest in that. So that way, both aspects of people's play styles are rewarded. 
uh, both the serious and the silly. That's the way the game works. Very good. Uh, should we make Scott the uh, investor for, for this round? Uh, sure, though. I would love to hear what, what he pops up with as well. <laughs> I'm nervous, guys. I'm nervous over here. All right. You want to you get creative? Come up with a pitch? I'll try. We, okay. Well, Scott, we will make you go first, so you'll get a, you'll get a minute. Get an idea how this thing works? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Let's do this. Yeah, I'll, yeah I can, I'll play investor. That's fine. That could be fun as as host. Also, you get to dish out the the rewards, uh, okay. <laughs> whatever you like. Great. So let's play around. I'll roll the die right now. Maybe I'll get a little ASMR dice roll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it landed on eight, which is sports and outdoors. So that's the category. Now I'm gonna pull a card, and the card reads: Hey, entrepreneurs. Your side hustle is Zoom Booster. Nick, you will be the investor. The name is Zoom Booster in sports and outdoors. Okay. So we'll give everybody a couple minutes to uh, come up with their pitch. So I have to come up with an idea that would use that brand name in sports and outdoors. Correct. What's a product Zoom or business? Booster. Yes, Zoom Booster. Okay. And okay. Uh, Scott, for your knowledge, the game comes with. Uh, pads and pens so you can write notes and i personally love drawing little silly sketchups of whatever it might be the new version is going to have little whiteboard cards and dry erase markers so that one that's a little more eco-friendly and who doesn't love to play with a whiteboard i'm thinking okay here we go yeah so just kind of a mini like yeah 30 30 45 seconds of you know shark tank style like Here's, here's all about Zoom Booster and uh, why you should uh, invest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. Got well, it. Uh, we can start. So that way you can uh, get a feel for it. Darby, you, uh, are you there, my friend? I am here, my friend. And thank, thank you, Scott and Nick, um, as well, for being here today. My business is called Zoom Booster. It's in the sports and outdoors industry. And, um, you know, funny enough, Zoom Booster actually came from, as an accident. Um, my friend and I, we were scooting with those little lime scooters down by the park the other day, and they were just going too slow when we were on the grass. We found that was a real problem. And as the entrepreneurs we were, we wanted to find a solution. So we searched long and hard all over the world until we actually came up with the perfect solution for our slow scooters. And that is Zoom Booster. They are a replaceable tires that you can carry with you in a nice convenient backpack and slap on your your lime or bird scooter as you're traveling around the city when you decide it's time to go off-road. Um, Zoom boofers are the perfect accessory for the adrenaline seekers and the inner city misfits that um, are you know like to take these scooters that are so graciously given to us and take them to the next level. Zoom booster comes in a variety of sizes, colors, and applications. Um, we've got a very long product roadmap. We've got a huge audience base right now that is um, raving about these products. And we are seeking a $1 million investment to fund the inventory that we need to be able to sustain this growth and would love the opportunity um, to work with you and your funding to take Zoom Booster to the next level. Thank you. Wow. Very nice. Good pitch. Nick, you're welcome to ask any random follow-up questions if you have them. Uh, but you can also just say, hey, that's good to go. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I got a pretty clear 
picture of that. So Darby, it sounds like you got a little bit of sales so far for these off-road Lime and Bird scooter tires. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, we actually raised uh, just just uh, north of $500,000 on a combined Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, Tomer, what have you got? So thank you for joining us today. Zoom Booster in Sports and Outdoors. Do you have a baby who will never stop kicking and moving around at the kitchen table? Do you take them to restaurants and they will not sit still? Well, no longer will you have this issue if you get Zoom Booster. It is a booster high chair that has a treadmill attached to it. Have you seen the benefits of a treadmill desk? Well, guess what? Now you can find it at the table for your fat baby. That's right. Your baby will never look fitter and more focused than when they are on a crawling treadmill at the table. Watch them eat those SpaghettiOs while they get their O's going. Zoom Booster, buy it today. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a treadmill attachment for a baby high chair. That's right. It's a booster seat that lets them zoom. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's right. Gotcha, yeah. (laughs) I definitely have a, uh, a squirmy... Uh, a kid. So I was like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe give him something to run his feet on under the table. Okay. There you go. All right, Scott, you're up. Okay. Uh, hello, sharks. No, we're not on Shark Tank. Hello, everyone. Uh, well, today I wanted to introduce you to a really interesting product that was developed because, well, I'm a father of three and we are into sports. And my son, who is really into basketball as his main sport and has been since he was really small and has always wanted to dunk, always wanted to dunk. So, you know, he's pretty tall right now. He's older, but we developed this when he was around 15 years old because he was having a hard time touching rim. So we decided to do a little bit of research and find out that the more exercise that you would do with your leg muscles, uh, like squatting and, and things in that nature, you could jump higher. But what, you know, 12-year-old, 15-year-old wants to really squat. So we said, you know what? We're going to come up with something that attaches to the leg and we are going to be able to wear this thing around and it will automatically make you stronger. So what we did is we developed this product that actually hooks to the ankle and hooks just above the knee and it has two bands on the side. And as you can see right here that, uh, well, all you need to do is strap it on. You can even put it under your pants. No one will even know that you're wearing it. And if you do this just three days a week, okay, on the way to school, maybe back to school on the bus, whatever. And uh, at the end of the week, you will see a significant height adjustment when you are dunking. And you can see right here in this video right now, this was before, and this is just after six uses of the Zoom booster. So if you want your kid to be really known in the area as one of the high-performing dunkers on his high school team, or this works for girls as well, uh, then you should try the Zoom Boosters today. That's all I got. Zoom Boosters, I like it. That's all I got, guys. That was so good. Brilliant. (laughs) Very good. You tested this this yourself, Scott, or just on your kid? Uh, I have tested it, and uh, I'm actually using it right now, and um, it is working. But as you get older, you need different bands, so we're developing a new band that is more for the people that are, you know, above 30, 30 and you know, between 30 and 50. 
Okay, loosen the resistance a little bit. You guys remember those like uh, dunker shoes? You know, they would be like all toe and no yes. heel. And you're supposed to like, you know, make <laughs> yes, your calf stronger and stuff. I do. Yeah. Yes. A little sounds, shape ups. It sounds similar. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, this is really tough. So I've got to decide funny and fundable for uh, for Darby, Tomer, and Scott here. We have the off-road tires for the Lime and Bird scooters. We've got the treadmill attachment for booster seats for your for your baby who won't stop kicking and we've got zoom boosters the make it so you can jump high like this leg foot attachment thing but to, we're uh, going to call it a vertical jumper jump <laughs> vertical <laughs> jumper right um i'm gonna go tomer for funny for the treadmills Woo! for babies and scott i think you get fundable for this i think this could wow. be i think this could be a thing i think there's a market for people trying to step up their basketball game <laughs> Awesome. And you know what? You can also use this for other sports. Yeah. Volleyball, for instance. A lot of applications. Yeah, I think this I just imagine the sketch you draw of just a stick figure, and then the next one is just a stick figure with giant Hulk legs. <laughs> yes. After just six days, by the way. I know. That's what yes. I heard, too. <laughs> what a slideshow. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was fun. That was well, very fun. good, guys. So that's kind of a taste of how the side hustle game works in practice. It's kind of like Balderdash, kind of like apples to apples, kind of like Shark Tank. It kind of combines some fun elements of all of those where you get to exercise your creative thinking, creative muscles. And again, I think it could be really popular amongst kind of this entrepreneurial education thing. I think it could be good for team building events. I think there's a lot of applications here. So I'm excited to see where you guys go with it. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up 12, 18 months down the road and see what is going on with the Play Side Hustle brand. So thanks again for joining me and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Nick. Thanks so much for having us.